You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line, but we don't have any new callers today. So we're just going to get started. We are at, uh, by the way, 2.23 p.m. We're getting almost to the end of the game, but lots of callers in this next 20 minutes. So it's uh, I don't know if we're going to get to the end of the game. We'll do the best we can. A.A. Ron, what's going on? What up? It's uh, A.A. Ron from Eau Claire. It's uh, fourth quarter, about 10 minutes left in the game. Uh, Packers just got the field goal to make it 20-27. And um, I've been feeling very two ways about this game. One is that the defensive performance has been absolutely atrocious. Um, I thought that maybe Joe Barry was going to redeem himself when uh, they beat the Chiefs, but the last week and this week uh, have just proven that uh, as much as I think Joe Barry is probably a really nice guy or whatever, um, just in terms of fielding a good defense, I think Packers have got to make a change. Well, and if you remember last year, I mean, I... I felt like I was banging the drum alone on it, and I've done that a couple times, and I'm I'm striking out here. Everybody I defend falls apart. But we ended so strong, you know? We had, you look at those last weeks, I don't know how many times I said, like, it was a really good performance, and that doesn't mean it's going to carry over necessarily. But, you know, I mean, if we can maintain this, oh, man, that'd be great. You know, they figure something out after the bye week, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And it just didn't materialize, and now it's like, even if he does it again, who cares? First of all, we're still going to end overall as a bad defense. Like there, There's no way. This is like you've been going to school for four years getting straight Fs. Uh, you can't take three classes and get straight A's and redeem that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to go for another four years or just friggin' drop out and go somewhere else. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, th- this ending is so much worse than last year, which had its own issues. 
even though last year, you know, we, we got to redeem ourselves this year, what, what do we have to hang our hat on? You know, what is there? So freaking brutal. And I don't know. I know the Packers don't like to do this kind of thing, but oh, if they were to remove him after this game as a way to show the players that this isn't acceptable, yeah. I wouldn't be mad. Um, I don't expect it to happen. Not that, not that I really want anyone to be fired, but I just you would make sense to me um, based on what what we're seeing. I mean. Baker Mayfield's had a great game, yes, but the main problem is that he's been throwing to guys that are like sitting there with nobody in the vicinity and then just taking off to like 20 yards. And it's like every play, there's an opportunity to do that. I think that's more uh, on the defense not getting any stops. Um, and obviously they had a couple of clutch moments, but that's not enough. And, you know, you can't balance out um, 90% like absolutely like blown coverages with 10% like sacks and good plays. Right. You have to have a little more consistency than that. But on the other side of things, um, Jordan Love is, and the receivers have really <laughs> had some nice plays. Uh, I loved that uh, Jaden Reed touchdown in the end zone. The double toe tap on the sideline that uh, just was really awesome and promising to see. So um, that was really cool. And Jordan Love's had some up and down moments, but I think he's had some really, really good highlights. So we'll see how this game ends. If they come away with the win, then their schedule looks pretty good from now on. If they come away with a loss, then uh, we might be playing for next year. We'll see. Anyways, go back, go. Yeah, I mean, we got to win out. I mean, that's just that's just the way it goes, you know. Um, we we put ourselves in a heck of a bind here um, by losing those two games, and it's it's win and you're in, right? It's almost guaranteed. I forgot about the freaking. This is two nights in a row. I forgot about the game yesterday. I was convinced the Eagles game was on. I was talking to you guys about it, like, oh, you know what happened, but I got to see what's going on here. It's actually Monday today, you freaking moron. I'm so stupid. Why do I have a podcast? I'm the least informed idiot on planet Earth. <laughs> I'm a senile old man at not even 40. It's over for me. Maybe my son can take over. I don't know. I got to start training him up in the art of, you know, ranting. But anyways, it's, it's you know, if you win, there's almost a guarantee you're in. If you lose a single game, very unlikely we get in. So we'll see. And honestly, I I don't care. And I know that's a crappy thing to say. It's just like there's, I guess what I'm saying is there's no emotion from me. I mean, it's it's obvious what's better for the team. Maybe it's not obvious, I guess, but I, I it would be cool if we got in, but we're not good enough. We don't belong in the playoffs. We're not that team. I think we can get there. I think we got to change some things for sure. Um, if we happen to get in, great. Then we'll get in, and we can get all hyped up, and we can say maybe we can win the Super Bowl, and I think we can beat this team, and look at that team, and da 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 da, and we'll get wiped out by the freaking Lions or something. Second weekend or second year in a row where the Lions end our season, and it'll just be freaking miserable, and be like, yay, we got into the playoffs. Oh, great, yeah, that was so much of a better scenario. Um, 
but no, I just, I, I feel like this is a fact-finding mission. I feel like we've got most of the information we need. I'd love to see continued growth um, from the offense in particular. The defense, again, I do not give a crap about. And um, special teams, you know, the kicking, the punting, the, the returning and all that continue to grow. But uh, that's about it, man. You know, it's just, let's get a couple more weeks of gathering information, move on to next year, and they need to do the right thing. And the right thing is this, there needs to be an overhaul on defense, period. End of story. You know, we got Matt LaFleur saying, I need to be more involved in defense. No, you don't. No, you don't. And if you need to, then your defensive coordinator needs to be fired. So that's how that goes. And by, I mean, this, this, is, this is what happened with Petten right before Petten got fired, right? Oh, I need to be more involved and like those things, those kinds of things shouldn't be happening. I'm going to have to make sure I'm more involved in these things. He's out. The minute the offensive play caller has to dedicate more time to going to all the defensive meetings and being involved in the defense and checking up on the defense to make sure that these guys actually understand how to do their job, to make sure they're actually being coached, it's it's effing over. <laughs> okay? Period. Hey, it's Jersey Mike. Hey, Jersey Mike. <laughs> Game's basically over. Um, yep. <laughs> How many times do I got to call for Joe Barry to be fired before it actually happens? I have a feeling. Is this the game? A lot. Is is this the game? No. This is the worst called defensive performance of the entire season. It is. In, like, the most prime situation. Yep. We have basically everybody that we need winning games today, and look what's going on with us. Yep. Uh-huh. Dropping the ball because Joe Barry can't call friggin' defense. We <laughs> We had the playoffs handed to us on a silver platter, man. We beat the hardest part of our schedule. We had nothing but easy teams coming up, you know, relatively. I mean, they're all kind of bad. You know, the Giants and Carolina are abysmal. Tampa is subpar. The Vikings still don't have a quarterback, and the Bears are the freaking Bears. You know, yes, you're probably going to drop one of these, but that's just, you know, a statistical thing. The odds of winning out are really low. But you should beat the crap out of these teams. And it was everybody just knew the Packers are getting in. Like it's it's a no brainer at this point. You you don't beat the Chargers, the Lions, and the Chiefs, and then go on to lose to a bunch of crap teams. And that's exactly what we're doing. It was it was just it was it was there for the taking and just the most massive implosion ever <laughs> by this team is uh unbelievable. Look at that! You know what? I'm not going to blame Jordan Love for for where he threw it on third and ten and then, you know, getting sacked on fourth and ten because we had to go pass, 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 pass. We couldn't run the football. This couldn't be a close game. Joe Barry needs to go. No more excuses. Who's going to start it? Please, tell me who the Kunstler Murphy walks in. What, what is it going to take for yeah. Joe Barry to get fired? I'm sick of it. I'm sick of watching it. And I, I'll be honest, I don't know that that doesn't... I, mean, I, I have a feeling that um, the GM and the owner are, are going to trust Matt LaFleur to do the right thing, but I, I genuinely believe they're going to sit down, they're going to talk to Matt. I, I don't know this. And generally, like, you don't cross lines. Like, you let the coach be the coach, and he gets to pick his staff and all that stuff. I have a feeling at the end of the season, Matt's going to be allowed to kind of review the tape and do all that stuff and go through it and make decisions. He's going to meet with Gutekunst and Murphy 
And I just have a feeling that if he sits down and says, it is my assessment that Joe Barry did a good job, it was the players that weren't doing anything, I would not be surprised if they step in and say, I, I respect your position, but we are going to interject in this moment and we are not going to be offering him another contract. So I'm sorry. We were going to allow you to do the right thing here, um, hoping that we wouldn't have to do this, that you would be smart enough to make this decision. But, um, you know, we're, we're going to have to do something. I don't know if that would happen, but I think we're getting to that territory. And and if that happens, that's very similar to Matt LaFleur having, having to dip into defense is a really bad sign for the defensive coordinator. If the GM and or the owner have to step in and start doing the coach's job because the coach is not doing what's best for the team, I'm just saying. I Again, I like Matt for several reasons, but I think he's playing a dangerous game with this Joe Barry thing and defending him all the time and all that. So I, think, I, th- I honestly think he's going to end up losing the locker room. I know the players are not going to say that, just like they're not going to say it about Rodgers or anybody else, right? No matter how big a problem they might have or might not have, they're not going to say anything negative. But... I really think sticking with this, you're going to lose. I mean, they're just becoming disgruntled, period. They're all disgruntled. They're all superstars sitting around saying, this is bullcrap, we should be awesome, and we suck. And they're right. And they're going to start becoming more disinterested. They're going to start becoming you know, down and depressed and just expect themselves to suck. I don't, you know, well, whatever. Do whatever you want to do. Sorry about that. I had an interruption. Please continue. For much after the, the first drive there, but I bet you if we have AJ Dillon out there, we'll have a good round game. This offense is primed, ready to go, and every time we need them, the defense fails. We got lucky against the Chiefs that Keyshawn Nixon remembered to play because otherwise they suck. They suck. They suck on third down. They suck in critical moments. They suck. I'm sick of it. I'm done. Joe Barry, goodbye. Go Pack Go. Uh, I, I don't even know if we can make it to the playoffs now. Maybe maybe a miracle happens, but whatever. Yeah, we we went from like a guarantee. We were what seventy five, seventy nine percent. We were in the playoffs, and now we are sub fifty percent. Which I don't I don't even know how we're so high. We should not be that high. (laughs) It feels uh, unlikely. I suppose I get so distracted looking at. You can see like a little preview of what people say, and it's like Patty's kissing. Like, wait a minute, what's going on? I got ADD. Don't worry about it. Um, undiagnosed. I just diagnosed it myself. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just, I don't know. Freaking, what, what, what is there to say? It's a freaking disgrace. And, and there's, no, there's no point to the argument about players and coaches. Are the players playing bad? Of course, first of all, you can't have like one of the worst defensive performances in five years in the entire NFL without a complete collapse from top to bottom. But the problem is, it's not a strict divide. On one side, you have something that is strictly the coach's responsibility, which is the um, you know, game plan and play calling. Then you have the player side of execution, but that's also partially a coaching responsibility. So even the players not doing anything right 
is a coaching issue. And it's, it's, it's so painfully obvious to me because you look at it and it's like, okay, where you can ice. I mean, this is, this is basic troubleshooting, right? We're trying to find the problem. So you have to isolate the issue, right? It's, it's like, you know, if, if a machine is not getting power, what do you do? Well, you get your digital, multi, you get your DMM, your digital multimeter. You stick it in the outlet. Are we getting power to this outlet? Yes. Okay. Go to the other side where the power connects to the machine. Are we getting power through the cord? Yes. Yeah, so we're just working our way through. We're trying to isolate the issue. Okay, let's do that with the Packers real quick. We have an issue that seems to reside on the defensive side of things. Okay, we can isolate the issue. If you look at DVOA, despite the fact that we have all rookies and a bunch of no, absolute nobodies that have never played football, DVOA has them ranked 11th in the NFL, 11th best offense in the entire NFL, despite the complete collapses and mistakes and guys running wrong routes and injuries and quarterback in his first year and wide receivers in their first years. And Wicks is like a mid-round rookie and, you know, your deep threat is gone and you don't have a run game. We're 11th with lots of room to grow. So, you know, you look at it and say, okay, let's start with the coach. Is it a coaching issue overall? Well, there are collapses that happen, but in terms of just a general misunderstanding and inability to do your job, no, the offense is really growing, and I think we're all really happy with it. We look at it and say, this is at or above expectations based on the situation. Okay, so let's isolate it away from that, which means I can isolate away from the head coach, because if it was the head coach, it would trickle down to everybody. Is it the players? Well, let's isolate that. Which players? All of them. Really? It's the entire defense and every... Yes, every single one of them has no idea what they're doing. Pretty much on a regular basis. Okay, so we should probably move up from here. And it's not going to be the position coaches. So where does that leave us? It's either that we... And I said this a long time ago. There's two options here. Brian Gutekunst drafts morons... Or Joe Barry sucks. Those are the two options. Because the entire group of defenders who have proven themselves to be very, very top-tier players are also looking like idiots on a football field. The constant miscommunications and standing in the wrong spot and inability to stop anything and all these issues all reside between the ears. Now, it seems odd again because you would have to, it, it, it's, it doesn't seem to be the case that that's happening on offense. So it would have to be that Gutekunst likes stupid defenders and smart offensive pieces but that doesn't really make a ton of sense to me why would you do that so between those two options let's look at occam's razor what's occam's razor it's it's uh you know the 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 simplest answer is the best answer so number one you tell me which one kind of fits the realm of something that would make sense number one brian gutekunst likes smart offensive pieces and stupid defensive pieces, and he consistently drafts stupid defensive players. And so despite their their athletic ability and their ability to show intermittently their talent with their speed and their height and all that stuff, they're too stupid to execute a defense. So it's not going to matter what defensive coordinator you get. And what we need to do, the remedy, is to completely eliminate the entire group of defenders and find all new pieces that aren't brain damaged. That's option number one. Option number two is Joe Barry sucks at his job. And a significant portion of the players looking bad is because they're not in a good situation to succeed. You're not making it easy on the defenders. And number two, your ability to coach your players and get them to understand what their assignments are is zero. Occam's razor. Which one to you makes the most sense? The GM who, who seems to exclusively likes, like high IQ guys. 
constantly hear about guys getting drafted because of how unbelievably intelligent they are. That guy likes to draft draft morons, or Joe Barry's not doing a good job. I don't know. You got chew on that one for a little while. I mean, it's it's kind of fifty fifty. Come on, man. You freaking know what the problem is. Well, we're gonna we're gonna lose, and the show that is the defense continues. Just, I mean, we we make everybody look good. Like, how often are you gonna see those statistics? Like, so- <laughs> yeah, I saw Baker Mayfield. They're they're voting on him to be what the offensive player of the week. So two weeks in a row, we we just happen to have the best quarterbacks. Man, we got some bad luck, don't we? The best quarterbacks in the NFL against us every week. That's just not fair. It's weird because they actually kind of suck. But anyways, yeah, it's crazy. So, like, what was this? I've seen a couple today. Like, Godwin, last five games, 207 yards. Today, 150 or whatever. Like, or dude scoring his first touchdown. Like, it's every week against us we're making somebody into a freaking star. I've been saying that for years, honestly. I'm tired of people breaking records against us. Back since freaking Kaepernick, I've been saying that. I'm so sick of the Packers' defense constantly helping people break records. Oh, man, most yards in Tampa Bay Buccaneers history. Oh, my goodness. Most rushing yards by a player. In the, I'm, I'm tired of it. It's all the freaking time. I'm over it. We need to find somebody better. Just freaking do it. And you know what? If that guy sucks, don't wait around. Fire him and find somebody out. There's somebody out there. I know you struggle to find him. There's somebody out there that's very good at this. Pay them a lot of money. That's it. I just fixed everything. Like, oh, my, it's just, it's just maddening, you know? It's just maddening for a defense with, like, I know there's injuries, but, like, defensively, like, Dude, that line's intact. They got guys in that line. I don't understand why they are so underperforming. Well, I, I, I'd like to think it's because of the defensive coordinator, uh, but maybe, maybe some of these guys just aren't very good. But I do tend to. Well, I, they they are playing terribly. I mean, that's not debatable. You go to PFF and their grades, but the fact of the matter is, again, there's a lot of guys out there that don't have near the amount of talent that our guys have that look like superstars. You know, I mean, take take it from a quarterback standpoint, because we all understand this and accept this from a quarterback standpoint. There are certain quarterbacks that are that are just not very good, but they can thrive if they're put in what is considered a quarterback-friendly system. Guys like, I would say, Brock Purdy. Could be wrong, but Brock Purdy is in an unbelievable system with maybe the best play caller in the NFL, maybe second to Andy Reid, I don't know. But um, Kyle Shanahan is unbelievable. And he has an incredible ability to use his scheme to manipulate defenses so that people are open. And it's all, you know, and he does a great job of coaching so that everybody understands what needs to happen. And so you have a quarterback that doesn't have superhuman ability, but he has enough ability to stand in a pocket and distribute the ball to the open guys to the right at the right time accurately. Right? There, I mean, there are certain situations where it's not that easy, and we need us, you know, a better. And he he won't be able to do it, and you know I mean again there's that's the idea with the defense and especially with defense I would say because there really isn't a quarterback it's all eleven guys and all eleven guys aren't going to be superstars, you know again everybody looked bad yes but but it, it's not necessarily on the players even if they graded out poorly you think about the 2018 Chicago Bears 
All right, one of the best defensive performances in, in, in the freaking 2000s. Legion of Boom good, right? Unfreaking believable. You know how many guys had great grades that were well above anything they've ever done before? Pretty much the entire defense. Guess what happened after Fangio got hired as a head coach over in Denver? Those grades plummeted through the freaking floor. So what does that say about the players? The players are the players. It's up to you to get the best out of them. And if we have guys that have a significant... I don't even care about the first... Let's pretend they're all third-rounders, but we can at least acknowledge that these guys are, are, are competent. If you can't acknowledge that Rashawn Gary and Jair Alexander and guys and, and freaking Quay Walker and even Kenny and Wyatt and those guys, if you can't acknowledge that they're at least competent, you're full of crap. And you have no concept of reality in this area. You should be able to make it work with competent players. And we can't. And I would absolutely argue we have guys that are significantly better than just competent. You know, the... the we got to let Kyle get through the rest of his thoughts, but I just saw somebody recently completely throw the Jets head coach under the bus. And his whole thing was, you know, there's all these excuses about injury, but look at the uh, look at this team, look at that team. They lose their quarterback. They lose this guy. They lose this guy. And, and right now they're cruising on their way into the playoffs. And where are we? We're in the bottom of the freaking barrel. And that's unacceptable. And, and that's that's the point. Yes, there are issues. You don't have a safety. Oh, no. Jair got hurt. Oh, no. Like, freaking cry me a river. You can't make it work with them. You can't make it work without them. It's not working. I mean, I, 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 I cannot believe that anybody believes that the solution is to stay the course. Just stay the course and do what? Replace Jair and replace Rashawn and Preston, and that's going to fix everything? With what, fourth-round players, or do you want to keep picking first-round players every year? And by the way, you get one pick. So what is this, a 10-year process, and by the time we finish, guys are leaving already? What, what, what is the freaking plan here? <sighs> I think, like, I don't even know. I don't have any answers. I don't really care what the answer is. I just know it needs to get fixed. Right. Um, I mean, offense, I give them a little bit of a pass because I don't even know who we're throwing the ball to. Like, I don't even know who's out here. Reed's out. Wicks is limping. <laughs> Uh, this crap. Freaking, all of a sudden, we, me and my son are watching the game, and we start seeing numbers, and it's like, who the heck? That happened with Malik Heath a while ago, you know, whenever he burst onto the scene a couple weeks ago. Like, who is that? And I was like, bro, that's Heath. What is he doing out here? It's like, yeah, I guess we got some injuries. And then this week, it was Bo Melton. Like, what is, why is he here? What, did somebody get hurt? What is going on? And he catches a couple passes, and it's like, all right, welcome to the party, man. That's pretty fantastic. By the way, uh, I noticed, it's kind of odd that it goes... After our core guys, it's Malik Heath and then Bo Melton. Says something about a few of our other wide receivers, maybe, that maybe some people were super high on that might not be, you know, super great. I don't know. Heft and Heath and then Drake. I see Jones. He, he looks like he got a couple carries to start that last drive. And then so I don't even know who, who we're throwing to. And it's like third and 10, and they got an all-out blitz. And we've got like 20-yard routes going. There's no hot on that. I'm just watching this. There's no hot read for him, for Love to go to. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. So, of course, they're going to be able to get to you five yards away when you have two guys on block before your receivers are going to get 18 yards downfield. It's not hard to figure that out. I don't know what that call is. I don't know. I guess maybe he could have got like a four yard underneath to make it on the previous play, kind of try to force it in. But I'm going to give some accident forgiveness there because. 
Dude, you got to make something happen. You're down 14 because every time yeah. you score, the defense just is like soft cheese, like a brie, like a brie <laughs> cheese variety. Maybe even. Bro, I want to try that. That looks so good. Probably tastes like, you know, I, I can't say any of the words that I'm thinking of, but like a, like a toe cheese or something. But it looks delicious, bro. And it's like so gooey and I don't know. I'm just, anyways. Some would say a buttery, mm. a buttery resistance mm. to a hot knife maybe mm. would be generous, but super upsetting. Um, just to see the, this complete and utter collapse. So I don't know how there's anything possible left to defend on defense anymore after the last two weeks. I know there was like some numbers you could defend maybe for a little while, but if there's still people, if they are out there, I don't even know. I can't believe it. But if there's still people that are like pro Joe Barry, I don't even care if they get to pick six right now or whatever. It, that's got to be done. Even if they still have a chance to get in the playoffs with a win out, I don't care. It's done. The Joe Barry experiment's got to be done. It's some uninspired stuff on the defensive side, man. All right, peace. Yeah, and I, I've even made the point before, too, where it's like even if he's calling the right plays, it's not working. It's just not. Whether, whether he just doesn't inspire the guys, maybe – he just doesn't have the right energy. Maybe it's a coaching issue and, and a clarity issue. Maybe he doesn't have the right guys under him kind of helping get guys prepared. I don't know what it is, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's his responsibility and he hasn't been able to get it to work and we got to find someone else. And maybe somebody else comes in and calls very similar plays, but just gets the troops ready and, and they understand it better. I don't know, but it's Joe Barry's job to get this defense going and they they just not. They How many years? I mean, I understand in year one when it's like there's – you know, Darnell Savage is out there doing stuff. He doesn't know what to do, and they're talking to each other and yelling at each other. Like, guys are constantly screaming at each other, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, I, I don't know. But, you know, in year three, you got guys that have been here the entire time, basically, not having any idea what to do. You got, again, Matt LaFleur saying that guys are not understanding, like, day one install stuff. Something's wrong. And again, what do, what do you do about that? <sighs> I don't know. Why don't we take our first break? We're 30 minutes in. Um, We'll come back and we'll hear from Jay-Z Mike. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Apologize for the terrible Jersey accent, but Jersey Mike, what's going on? It's Jersey Mike again. I feel like I should uh, elaborate on why I hate Joe Barry so much. Uh, So here's a few things. First off, Devondre Campbell, I've Mm. been begging, begging for weeks. If he's in the game or make sure I want like the guy Isaiah McDuffie actually out there and not Devondre Campbell, but Campbell multiple times last week and this week is way downfield covering guys he should not be covering. How many times do we got to see Devondre Campbell on Marquise Goodwin? How many times? Or whatever the fuck. Sorry, excuse me. Excuse me. I'm trying not to hurt Whatever the heck his name is. Goodwin. Whatever his first name is. Why? Why is Devondre Campbell covering him? Why are we in zone so many times? In, in like it's like the second you get past the linebackers, there's wide open space in the middle of our defense. Yeah. Why? Why? You know the the first touchdown where Eric Stokes is hoping that it's either Rudy Ford or Jonathan Owens is covering over the top. That's really well called play calling by by the offense there. And you want to know why? Because he knows that Joe Barry doesn't play anything other than four and three man deep zone. Jeez. And then when he finally starts playing man, it's like, first off, way too late. (laughs) Second off, he's not calling the right man plays on top of that. Well, and that's that. That's been my whole point this whole time. It's it's not necessarily zone versus man. And yeah, maybe he runs too much zone. I don't know. It's just it's just a matter of calling the right plays at the right time. I mean, you call man, and all of a sudden we're in a situation where we have a linebacker on a slot corner. I feel like this isn't the most opportune time to do that. Um, I feel like we should have a nickel corner out there if we're going to do this. No? Okay. Um, and then to, to continue to do it. You know, it's like, okay, so we're in man, and this is bad, and this is a mistake, and we're not going to change our personnel for whatever reason to fix this. You know, maybe go to nickel, go to dime, whatever the situation is. We're, we're not going to substitute and we're not going to change out of this. We're just going to keep allowing Devondre Campbell to cover this guy in man and get cooked every single time. And, and that's another thing with this defense. We constantly hear about, yeah, we got to find a way to get out of that. You know, when, when, when they identify a weakness in our defense and they find a way to attack, we got to find a way to make a change. Yes, that's your freaking job. As soon as you see it up in the booth, you're like, all right, they're going to do that. Boom, I got a plan. Next time, in fact, it's freaking, it's it's not chess, it's checkers, right? Okay, you think we're doing that? Cool. So next time you get our guy lined up, you think we're going to be in man coverage, I'm going to throw a freaking curveball at you, and you're going to be throwing to that guy, and we've got a safety driving down to pick that ball off. That's some, some freaking Vic Fangio stuff. He used to do that stuff all the time. 
where you know you you think that you got a guy coming, you think it's man coverage, and somebody comes and just picks the ball. What do we do? We don't make any adjustments. It's the same freaking thing over and over. And I think that's why offenses have have identified more or less how to play Joe Barry. I think it's a small, limited playbook, which is part of the embarrassment because the guys still don't know how to execute it, which is probably why it's such a small, limited playbook. But it just makes it so easy to beat. There's no exotic crap in here. There's 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 it's just. I don't know. I, don't, I shouldn't make broad comments like that because I'm sure you can find clips of some interesting things that are happening. But that's the thing. It's like a chess match with this stuff. I mean, that's what Matt LaFleur is always talking about on the offense, and it's setting things up. You know, you're going to do this. Okay, then we're going to do this next time. It's, it's about showing them something and knowing their tendencies. Okay, we're you, we're, we're going to turn around, and you think we're going to go to Jaden Reed, but last time we saw that you drove real hard on it. So this time, Jordan Love's going to boot out of it, and while you're crashing down on Jaden Reed, he's going to boot to the other side, and we're going to have Tucker Craft leak out, and he's going to be wide open because, again, you lost all your linebackers. You lost contain. You know what I mean? Like, it's analyzing and saying, okay, you got us that time. We're going to run it again with a counter. That same thing has to happen on defense. You have to anticipate what they're doing, and you have to bait them into stuff. You got to say, okay, you think we're running this, and then we're going to do that. That's your job up in the booth. It's not freaking Madden where you're just flipping through and going, this looks like a cool play. That looks like a good play. I'm going to run. It's not just random. There needs to be a process. There needs to be some kind of cohesion with this entire thing. It's no different than the offense. It's not a series of plays. It's, it's, I don't freaking know, man. I just... Whatever. I don't know. You've got Devondre Campbell on Goodwin. Yeah. It's awful. Awful defensive play calling. Quay Walker should not be on running backs. Quay Walker has speed, and he's got the power to break up, break up passes on tight ends. He can keep up with tight ends. Yeah, he gave that one touchdown up to that tight end, but, man, that was close. And that was that was a, a really, you know, what was it, starting goal or seconding goal on the three or the four? Like, that, 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 was, that was a good play by Quay, but a good play by the offense. So, so I'll give that one up. But, man, it took way too long for that to happen. Why is Keyshawn Nixon on the running back and not even knowing which direction he's supposed to go? This is what I'm talking about. He just sets our guys up for failure, and we always say, oh, oh, it's Darnell Savage's fault he's not playing good. Not, not Joe Barry for not putting him in the right position. Like, it, it's disgusting. Like I said, these players are playing out of their mind for a garbage, garbage play caller. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And then at the end of the game here, what, they go for on fourth and two and get it up the middle like oh. it's nothing to the running back? We should have known that was coming. Anyway, was I'm painful. done with this this defense. Go back, go. That was one of the more – I mean, I, I was barely even watching the game. I came downstairs to record the podcast. I wasn't paying attention. I was expecting a knee was coming soon. You know, they're all kind of bunched up at the line, and all of a sudden he breaks through for free, and I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Like, th- that is just – that's a defense that gave up. I mean, it looks like they quit when they started, but I mean that that is a hundred percent. At that point, they didn't care anymore. Like they were, they were, and 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 again, that's another reason to move on. You lost your locker room. I don't care what the players are saying. Oh, we're all the way bought in. We're 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 ready. We're going to rock and roll. Like Joe Barry's our guy. And it, like they're always going to do that. They don't believe. They're not inspired. They're not excited about their craft right now. They just need a new voice. That's it. You know, sometimes you just got to shake stuff up. And sometimes that in and of itself, and again, it might not even be a long-term thing. You see that with these interim coaches coming in. 
you know, they come in and just dominate. You know, the Raiders have been doing it this year occasionally. I mean, you look at the 60-some-odd points and whatnot, and it's the, the bottom line is they rally behind the guy. And it might not last, but point is we just we just need a new voice. We need somebody to come in and say different things because what Joe's saying, the guys aren't buying anymore. You know, how many times can we just talk about, like, it's going to get better and we're going to fix it and we got to do it, and then it just keeps getting worse, and it's like, I mean, you think the fans are the only ones that are feeling this? You think the players don't feel what we're feeling? Of course they do. You think they're not discouraged just like we are? Of course they are. So uh, we are, we're in alignment on that, Jersey Mike. Hey, what's going on, Ryan? Chris from Alabama. What's up, man? Well, that was not what I wanted to see. Man, this defense, man, I tell you, man. This defense, this, this loss is on the defense, definitely on the defense, yep. man. No, the offense made a couple of uh, uh, mistakes. Love made a couple of missed throws or whatever. But for the most part, man, Love played solid, man. The offense played solid, man. We just had a day, you know. Jones was was coming out the box. Uh, it kind of seemed like we kind of went away from him a little bit, but maybe that was because of score or whatever, whatnot. But man, it's up on the defense, man. Joe Barry, man, they need to get him up out of there, man. Uh, I don't care what happened the rest of the season, man. Joe Barry needs to go. I know he might have said that he ultimately did enough, but if we make the playoffs, can we really say that? Now that's in jeopardy. I mean, we still got a we still got a shot. But a lot got to happen. Now we need help. We don't control that no more, man. But, man, the defense, man, it's on the defense, man. It's on the defense all day, man. That 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 third down that, that went for a touchdown, I'm like, bro, that, that, that easily, like, how do you miss those tackles for y'all, man? How y'all missing that tackle, man? But, yeah, we let this one get away. Man, and I'm 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 just sick of seeing this on defense. It's the same thing year after year after year. I'm 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 just sick of it, man. And it just seems like this is the worst I done seen out of all the defenses. And you know we have the talent on defense and we man, I'm Joe Barry needs to go, man. Joe Barry needs to go. Love had a had a solid game. He had a couple miscues, man. This on the defense in my mind. I don't know if everybody else agrees, but to me, man, this on the defense, man. And I I I ain't gonna say it's a wrap for the playoffs. We still got a chance, but it's real bleak. Now we need help, but you know everybody in there today in in there together. So let's see what happens, man. Oh man, look at White. White just done broke through the middle. Oh man, look. there it is. I'm about to turn that off, man. Yep, that's the heartbreaker right there. Go we just pack, heard it go, live. man. Ah, Joe Barry, man. Tired of this. Yeah, that 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 was. We just heard Chris from Alabama's heartbreak live. That was that was a crushing. I think we all had that moment. Like you're barely watching the game. You're kind of sunk in your chair. And then that happens. It's like, where's a freaking remote? Just give me that. I'm, I'm, I, I can't. I can't do it. Hey, Kyle again. Um, How? Does he think it can't get any worse? They get go for it on fourth and two. Just, just the big <laughs> middle finger to everybody. <laughs> That's just, it's just so painful. Um, you know, offensively though, what I couldn't help but think about the whole time, other, other than the fact that we just need, we need a speed back. Like we just, we need some speed there. It's unbelievable how bad we need that. But 
it is clear now in two years with two different quarterbacks in this offense, when you have Christian Watson healthy and on the field, both Rodgers and Love have been freaking cooking yes. when they get in rhythm, you know? And well, and that that's a point I've been trying to make for a while, even when people are kind of disappointed with, with Christian. And, and honestly, uh, you could see it with MVS. Because that never really made sense to me or anybody else why they were so obsessed with MVS. Like, he needs to be on the on the field, blah, blah, blah. It's like, the dude doesn't do anything. He doesn't generate anything. He sucks. No, his stats suck. But what doesn't suck is his vertical ability stretching out the defense. And that's what Matt LaFleur wanted out of MVS. I mean, of course, you want the deep shots and the explosive plays that never came. But even still, he was valuable for that reason. And that's what Christian Watson brings. And I think there's there's an unseen value on top of what he's able to do you know once you know occasionally with the the big plays or whatever um he's he is looking like a pretty solid receiver but um yeah I I think his ability to open up the field for everybody else and make it easier for Jordan and to get these guys open it makes Matt LaFleur look better it looks makes the receivers look better it makes everybody look better when he's out there um just really hope that the uh recurring injuries kind of calm down a little bit. He goes out both of these last two years. I mean, not every game, but this year, every game. Um, it's just the, the, the defense is just too compressed. There's nobody stretching the field out in a way that's actually threatening, it seems like. So, yeah, I mean, I want to get Christian back and healthy because we've seen what they can do with him. But um, and I'm not saying like a first-round guy, but they have got to get some other like burner receivers yes. that they can put out there to at least like once in a while be able to, to spring a big deep play with some deep speed and try and get the defense at the back off. Cause I don't know that we can trust Watson and his hamstring to be that guy every week. And we've just seen it just fall apart without that role in this offense, you know? And that sucks. <laughs> like, like I don't think you can go into next year and just kind of hope Watson stays healthy the whole season just because of how much it is falling apart. You know, when you don't have that, the running game isn't as good and they can blitz from a much shallower position and there's really no threat over the top. So uh, I don't know if it's too early to start thinking about off season. It's getting late early, let's say. Um, but definitely that is a position that is just absolutely needed. Um, so I don't know, some insight there. All right, I will cede the floor to everyone else who's pissed off now. Enjoy. <laughs> you know, as I'm sitting here thinking through that whole thing you're saying, and I agree, you know, it's it's critically important, but then so much of your offense is built on one guy, and, and you know, things kind of fall apart. And I've thought about that before. We just don't, you know, everybody talked up Dobbs' speed, and it's like, yeah, you know, Reed kind of has some speed, but, yeah, it's not like that just freaking, you know, Tesla Roadster speed which I actually saw somebody came out with an electric car that's, even though the Roadster isn't out yet, it's faster than that. It's ridiculous. It's like a Croatian car or something. Anyways, thing is freaking dope. I need, um, if you guys, if there's anybody that's a billionaire that listens that wants to just make, you know, a donation that's massive and maybe recurring, I would love to be able to play with those toys. I freaking dig the electric car. I thought they were the dumbest. That's, you know, I'm way off on a tangent. You know what Elon Musk did? He he contributed so much to society. You know what else he did? He made electric cars freaking cool. Those were the dumbest thing. Are you a Prius? You are a pretentious loser. I'm sorry to all the Prius drivers. You're an idiot. Those Priuses sucked. 
They were massively overpriced. It was just overpaying for the sake of saying, I'm saving trees. And it's like, yeah, no, you're stupid. You're burning coal to generate electricity and then throwing unbelievably damaging batteries in landfills. Great. Good job. (laughs) Things aren't good for the environment. Anyways, they're freaking dope, though. You know how bad, you know, these electric, they're so ridiculous. Like, oh, do you want to get the one that has three engines in it? Like, what? Like, yeah, dude, you, you can upgrade and get a third engine. And the electricity, you know, it's just automatic, you know, power delivery and everything, like the torque. and It's just, everything's through the roof. It's imp- You're doing impossible. That freaking Croatian car not only broke a bunch of records, it broke the record for how many records it broke. Because electric is just better than gas at everything. Oh, it's bigger, it's lighter, it's faster, it's stronger. It's freaking, I, I don't know how I got on this topic. I want, I want to get an electric car. <sighs> freaking dope, dude. I want to get a luxury car. Because I'm not a huge sports fan or a sports car guy, but I want to get a sleek looking luxury car that's faster than your freaking sports car. Because F you, that's why. <sighs> Sorry, I got a little excited there. What are we talking about? I'm sure it was the defense. I was making a point. What the heck was my point? Something to do with an electric car. <laughs> I guess the world will never know. Oh, Christian Watson. Okay, here we go. <laughs> what is wrong with me? As I was listening to you talk, and I was kind of thinking it through, because you're right. You, you, it's like you got to have that other fast guy, but you don't really want just two guys that are like MVSs, because that's useless, and you're kind of wasting space for somebody that's like a better receiver. So you know what it is we're actually advocating for. You're looking for a guy that's actually a really good receiver, but has Christian Watson speed. That's what you call, ladies and gentlemen, a true number one wide receiver. That's, that is the best case for, hey, you're picking in the top 12, grab a receiver. You find a guy that had, that's, you're Miami. You're the Miami Dolphins, who, by the way, they're, they're obviously hurt a lot when, when Tyreek Hill isn't out there, but they still have a speed threat. And that second guy is more like Christian Watson. So think about it. Like we, we have Jalen Waddle. Let's just say, I know a lot of, oh, he's nowhere near as good as Jalen I don't give a crap. So we got Jalen Waddle. Let's go get Tyreek Hill. Screw it, man. I don't care about the stupid defense. You know what? Tackle can wait. Frickin' uh, seventh-round wonder over there is doing a great job. Zach Tom's holding it down. We'll figure it out. We'll grab a couple guards in, in a center or something later. Get that wide receiver, dude. Screw that. Trade up and get him. Go way up. Go, go up to five and get one. Who, who, do, we, who do we got up here? Who, who, who am I talking to here? Remember <laughs> that from Jim was calling Hank the security guard? You're the, uh, you're the, the, the tall, the African, uh, African-American gentleman that... It sits in the, who, 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 who have I got here? <laughs> Bro, you know how dope it would be? So Marvin Harrison goes early, right? Let's say he goes to the Bears. The Bears are all in on Justin Fields, and they're just going to go at it. They, they grab Marvin Harrison. Like, dang, dude, that's crazy. You know what the Packers do? They trade up to like six and get Malik Neighbors. <laughs> or just stay put and get a Dunze. I think he's going to be kind of a, a speed guy. And, and, oh, see, I don't, I don't. I haven't really, I, I, that's a lie, I did go through the wide receivers, but not, not thoroughly enough, and I look forward to doing it again. I forgot when, when we did um, Derailed, I don't know if it was last week or whatever, we always go down the path of, of draft. And I'm looking at expected uh, 40 times and whatnot. Check this out. Xavier Leggett, 6'3", 227. I have a feeling Gutekunst might like that. Expected 40 time of 429. Bro, if you're 6'3", 227, running a 429, Dude, the Packers will trade up to get a guy that's expected. <laughs> We're going to trade up to seven and get a guy that's expected to be picked at 27. Actually, that's not true. Where is he expected to go? Where's Leggett going here? 
<laughs> Second round. <laughs> we'll see about that 40 time. Who else we got here? We got uh, Emeka Ibuka, if he decides to declare, which is a question mark, but supposedly 4-3 speed. But Dunze feels good, though, man, doesn't it? If he runs in the 4-3s, I mean, I'm sure it's not uh, Tyreek speed, but if he can get that 4-3-7 speed like he's projected here, that ain't bad. 6-3-2-15, a true X, a true number one, but he's got the speed, too, so if Christian goes down, he can handle that stretching thing. You kind of lose something a little bit, but he can stretch. Oh, mm. and then you get them both on the field. Dang. Or Xavier Worthy out of Texas. Um, Xavier Worthy, and again, these are not obviously official. They could be completely wrong. But uh, Xavier Worthy, they have at 429. He's 172, so you know the, the, the size might be a problem. But he's six foot one. He's plenty tall. 429, son. Now we're getting into closer to Tyreek territory. You know what I'm saying? Troy Franklin out of Oregon, 435. And uh, Jermaine Burton here, we got six foot 194, 431. I think there's a lot of speed in this class. I really do. And I think there's guys with size. I think this is a, a really good wide receiver group. I really do. I remember last year, everybody was like five foot 10, 180. But like, yeah, but they're good and they're fast and stuff. It's like, yeah, that's cool. This is like the same class with talent, but they're all big. Marvin Harrison is 6'4, 205, runs a 439. That's stupid. Roma Dunze, 6'3", 215, runs a 4'3", Maybe. Xavier Leggett, 6'3", 227, 429. Ibuka, 6'1", 206, 430. Johnny Wilson. Johnny, I mean, welcome to Green Bay, Johnny Wilson. 6'7", 237, 442. If these 40 times are right, Brian Gutekunst is going to trade every draft pick for the next three years to get all these guys. Every one of them. Just, just get, we'll figure it out. Get in here. I don't care. Bro, 6'7", 237, 442. Brian Gutekunst will get into a fist fight for, over somebody. He will get in an airplane and fly to Seattle, who drafted him, and he will beat the crap out of Pete Carroll. Right there. Just beat him. You stupid. You will give me that right now. Tell him you made a mistake. I will kill you for that 6'7", 237 pound, 442 guy. Anyways, anyways, anyways. I'm in agreement um, that the speed is absolutely critical to everything, even the run game, which also needs to be improved, and I think will be. I just, I just want this to be a die. I, I, I do. I, like I said, like, me not caring about the defense has probably gone too far, and I acknowledge that, but I'm just explaining where I am emotionally. I'm fully ready for the offense to explode. I'm ready for Gutekunst to do exactly to the offense what he's been doing to this defense. Just invest, 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 and get these guys that's like, oh, he just happens to be the best in the entire NFL. Like, just absolute freaks. Go, go do the do that to the offensive line. Get me a wide receiver, like one more. I know you've done wide receivers, but get that freaking dude. This is the year for that dude. You got the tight end. It's a good running back class. Not like first round, but there's some running backs, dude. There's some good running backs here. Get one, and then just beat the crap out of this offensive line. Get some app. Just get some freaking skull breaker. I don't care about a safety. Screw a safety. Pay Savage. I don't give a crap. Savage and Ford, done. Owens and Ford, I don't give a crap. Corner, I don't know, figure it out. Well, Jair's crabby. He doesn't like that. I don't care. We paid him. He's got a contract. Get your stupid butt out there and play. No, I don't necessarily believe that's happening. I'm just saying I, I'm just saying I don't care. I don't care. Whether he's happy and hurt or sad and pouting, it doesn't matter. The defense can go screw itself. I don't care. 
offense. This is Green Bay, Wisconsin. This is quarterbacks dominating. I want 40 points. 40. 4-0. Put it on the board. How you going to do it? Roma Dunze. How you going to do it? Roma Dunze. Right? Let's, let's get into it. Screw those guys. They'll figure it out. I don't care. I don't care. I'm tired of babying the defense. Well, you need a little more? You need a little more? You want some more? You need some help? You want another defensive tackle? Get you, get you the biggest freak in the world, Devontae Wyatt. Oh, he's already one of the better defensive pass rushers, so are we good now? No, we suck more than ever. Oh, so you need more? You get nothing. Nothing. I don't care. Get off the field. Get off the field. I don't care anymore. How are you going to win? Roma Dunze. Uh, you feel it? It feels good, right? Don't, don't lie to me and tell me you're not in your car right now singing that. It's going to be stuck in your head all day. How are you going to win? Roma Dunze. We got some music people here. I want that. I will pay for that. How are you going to win? Roma Dunze. Mmm. Anyways, I don't think we've taken a second break here. All right, I, I, I got I to gotta, um, introduce something here that, that is unorthodox. Again, we, we've got man... Been doing this for seven years, and this has never come across my way, and I've never considered it before. But Nate reached out to me and asked me something, and I was like, "Yeah, I was going to do it just as a favor." And I thought, "Why don't I just open this up? This could be kind of a cool little thing." I know I, I can't stop putting stuff on myself. I, I do too much as it is, but this is too cool of an opportunity, and we'll just see where it goes. That's what I do with everything. I have all these ideas. Most of them just disappear and vanish because they suck. Either I can't keep up with it or nobody likes it and it goes away or whatever. But occasionally, like, you know, I'll be like, hey, does anybody want to do this? And like Clayton and JJ and these guys show up and Jake shows up and it's like, this is dope. That was a great decision. And, uh, you know, things are good. So Nate reached out and said, how much do I have to pay you to do a special episode covering my draft crushes? And I thought, I don't really care. Like, you know, whatever, pick your rate, I guess. And I'll just do it. And I thought, you know what I could do? What if I had a spot that ended up being like a third podcast? And it was a place where it was a bonus episode for people who specifically requested and paid for something. Like if you really want it, like I want this, the show will be sponsored by Nate or Jim Beam or whatever it is you want. And it'll be at like three o'clock and it'll be what you want. Because you know, I'm always for sale, man. That's what you got to understand. You need something? I'm for sale. I'll wash your car, bro. I don't care. (laughs) You pay for a plane ticket and provide the soap? I'll do it. So I just want to throw it out there. Contact me if you're interested. You want a Bears rant. You want to talk about the draft. You want some kind of a special breakdown, whatever. We'll talk about it. I don't know exactly how this is going to go. There will probably be some kind of a you get what you pay for kind of thing. Like you, You do whatever you want, but a buck is going to be like a five-minute little thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not spending an hour on it for, for nothing. But I just want to throw it out there because Nate was down. Like, he came to me about it, and I was like, I guess. And then as I thought about it, I'm like, this could be a cool thing. It's kind of like that thing where you go to celebrities, and you're like, hey, say hi to my son for $500. And they're like, hey, I made a movie, $500. Nice to meet you. But this is like you buy your own personalized podcast. Here are the topics I want you to cover. Ready, go. Done. For a price. <laughs> Anyways, mull it over. Um, and I am very open to topics, by the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's a bonus podcast. What do you want from me? Do whatever I, you want. I don't care. I'll rank my favorite fingers, bro. I don't, you know, like the, the pinky is the stupidest one. 
like for sure. And probably the left one, because all the left left ones are worse. So it's going to be like alternating, like whatever th- finger is best, you know, maybe it's the thumb because that's what makes, it's what makes us like awesome with our hands. It's not like these little webbed things. Like we got this opposable thumb, you know, so that's the best one. Second best one would be the left one because it's left and it's stupid. And left, unless you're left-handed, then I mean, you know what I mean? I, 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 we'll take a break. We'll be right back. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's uh, A.A. Ron again. Um, Game is pretty much over now. And um, what a just sickening performance from the defense. Um, I I firmly place the blame on this game on the defense. Um, Makes sense. I, I think that, well, that and also, you know, Jordan Love's not getting any help from the running game at all. Um, and that's pretty nice how he's been able to play where basically when it comes to clutch situations, he basically has to put the, the game on his shoulders and just start throwing it. And of course, you know, he, uh, fumbled him off the last play of, of his, uh, last drive, but, um, I mean, you know, he's pushed into a corner. There's not that much he can do, honestly. Um, you know, games on the line and he's not getting any help from his offensive line. He's just getting pressure in his face. So I don't know. That's what I saw at least. Um, I, uh, I don't think he played a perfect game, but I thought he played promisingly well in most situations. Um, and I didn't think he got much help from his offensive line. Honestly, it seems like the real strength of this team right now is, the receivers and Jordan Love, and that's about it, in my opinion. Um, and Tucker Craft, you know, sure. receivers and uh, well, and and honestly, and I think this is the point you're making, but I'm going to jump in and say it anyways. Um, this is this is a reason for optimism. You know, as disappointing as this is, what is the upside? The upside is a quarterback who's in his first year. You know, he's not not great, but man, some of the upside that we've seen is incredible. And obviously he plays better when the things around him are better. That's obvious. That's just how this works. That's why it's a team sport. And as things improve, as the receivers and the offensive line and the run game and all that stuff improve, the defense to some degree improves, you know, it's it's going to impact things. But what what else? Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Tucker Craft, Luke Musgrave. Like those are the high points. That's, un, that's incredibly awesome. Even Christian Watson. I, I mean, the injury stuff sucks, but you can't help but be excited with the production we get from our offense in general, on top of the direct production we get from Christian Watson, I mean, if you're looking for optimism, if you're looking for, you know, something to be excited about, it's the offense. And then, you know, as as much as it might be pie in the sky thinking to think that we're just going to swap out defensive coordinators and have a top five defense, because that probably isn't going to happen. You know what? I, I just, it's, it's fine. I just, I just want this offense to roll and not being 28th on defense or now we're 29th. We dropped another spot. Um, not being the 29th ranked defense would be wonderful. It would really be nice. I would enjoy that. Just uh, throwing that out there. And, 
So, I mean, Tucker Craft being good is sweet because I think everyone really likes him and wants him to succeed and everything. Um, and especially because the third round curse can be broken. But I was just thinking of that. You know what? You know what's interesting? The Sean Ryan thing. It's like he's literally been like great game, awful game, great game. Awful. It's 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 on and off. It's almost as if Tucker Craft is actively breaking the curse. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not necessarily broken and dissipated. There's like an, a, a force field, an energy force, and he's disrupting it, and it's like causing it to go off. And as it goes off, it's like waking up Sean Ryan. It's like I'm awesome now. And then you know, it, like it, it fights back, and he's like, Oh wait, I suck. And that's the third round curse taking over him. Like I'm I'm hoping Josiah DeGuara can kind of hang in there because it's like, bro, just hang in there. Like Tucker Craft is taking this thing down. I don't know how long before he completely shuts it down, but like he's got this thing by the freaking you know. The, the yayas or whatever. So it's it's just hang in there, man. DeGuara's about to explode. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so anyways. This loss is just... Oh, it's just bad. It's just bad. Um, Baker Mayfield, another middling quarterback that just absolutely looked like a Hall of Famer against this defense. It's I it's got to change. So go back, go. Let's hope that next year, so the right changes are made, the right pieces are added, and whatever defensive scheme thing needs to happen can happen. Yeah, I mean the only thing, I mean there's really only like two things that fans have, right? You you have the end result, which is you know I'm happy that we won or I'm sad that we lost, but otherwise. What, what being a fan is 99.99999% of the time is just hope. Even if you're the 49ers, all they're living on is hope. They know they're a dominant football team, but they're, they, this isn't about beating the opponent in front of them. This is about, man, is this finally going to be our year? Are we finally going to get that Super Bowl? It's all about hope. We're all just looking to the future for for the optimistic, the hope that, that we're going to reach that that apex, that top of the mountain. And I'm just excited because you, I, I can see the path. Maybe other people are not as optimistic. I mean, I told you if we start losing, obviously now maybe Jordan's not the guy. Maybe Matt LaFleur does need to be fired. Like, I knew these conversations were going to happen, and I think we're swinging too far in that direction again, and then things will get better. And, that you know, Matt LaFleur went from being a genius to needs to be fired to a genius again to now he needs to be fired again. You know, it's like, okay, well, whatever. But all that aside, I mean, again, that's why I said this this game didn't bother me as much just because – I don't care about the defense, and I'm seeing the offense start to grow, and I'm optimistic. I mean, again, this has been an ugly performance from our offense, and I'm telling you, again, this is the 11th-ranked offense in football, and they have been stumbling and fumbling all over themselves, but you're seeing growth, which is a good thing, right? So what happens when this becomes more consistent? They're obviously a top-10 team if they can just clean it up, they're basically there already. In fact, it's it's not even out of the realm of possibility they end inside the top 10 if they can just play a couple clean games. But again, it's 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 all about hope. It's all about optimism. And I'm looking at a team and it's like, man, if we could hammer a couple p- pieces and add it to the offense and, you know, maybe try to find the right defensive coordinator this time. I mean, sky is the limit. I mean, just think how close we were this this year. In our first year with the 28th ranked defense, one of the most injured teams in football. Everybody on offense is basically their first or second year, or just injured or both. And we stumbled our way to almost, you know, walk, waltzing right into the playoffs, at one point being considered one of the more dangerous teams that you don't want to see in the playoffs. 
on the back of largely our offense and Jordan Love specifically. I don't know, man. I'm just not super mad, I guess. There's reason to be for sure, but I'm more optimistic at this point than mad because, you know, and again, these last couple games, they honestly don't mean much to me. We're probably going to lose at least one. I, I just, I cannot imagine us winning three in a row. I just can't. It can happen. Things change. I mean, every time I think I know something, the dynamic changes. So they probably will. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But it almost it almost doesn't. If we win all three or lose all three, I don't know that a lot of my opinions are going to change at this point. Uh, aside from just like bursts of emotional responses. You know, I'll probably jump in the Matt LaFleur needs to be fired train and then I'll jump back off it because I'm being emotional. But I just I just feel like the the tallies are in, man. It's kind of like when you're watching the elections and it's like it's only at 42%, but they call it. And it's like, how can you call it? And it's like, well, because you just know, man, it, it, there's no way. There's no way. The way things are going, like, I, I just, I, I've got enough information to know how this thing's going to end. So we're going to go ahead and call it. And that's how I feel like this is, this is election season. You know, we've got what percentage, like 80% in, but I'm going to call it, man. I know who won. I know who the winners and the losers are. Uh, I'll make it quick. I know you have a lot of calls, most likely. Yeah, this is call number five. I uh, hope you're well. Um, so, yeah, uh, 34 to 20, it's over, right? Um, I don't know how much more you can see before you fire him in the middle of the season. Uh, I don't care that there's not really anyone to come up behind him. Um, at some point, you just have to send a message that this level of play and this this level of incompetence is not acceptable. You just can't accept it. You can't accept it in your in your in your ball club. You have to get rid of it. Uh, I assume and I expect him to be fired. Um, if this front office have any, you know, stones, any uh, good direction, they will fire him. Um, so I expect that to have happened yeah. by the time that your podcast comes out. Well. And look, a lot of the fan base right now is furious with the entire front office and coaching staff for not doing it this week. I already came out and said I would completely understand and support that decision. But again, I think the biggest weighing factor right now is the the fact that we're not eliminated. Um, and I, I, I just I just don't think they're going to do it prior to the end of the season. I think they're going to ride it to the end of the season. And somebody had made a comment that that was solidified by Matt LaFleur. I didn't see that specific comment it was more of a you know we're gonna hold on for now kind of thing i don't know i i'd have to go back and see specifically what he said maybe it was a second comment that he made i don't know but anyways like it's it's just that to me isn't a backbreaker the the biggest question is is he the defensive coordinator next year i'm not gonna say fire everybody because they didn't fire him today even though i kind of lean that direction the the ultimate deciding factor where it's gonna break everybody myself included as far as Matt LaFleur and the front office and everything else um, would be if they decide to renew his contract. That's when it's like, I can't do this anymore. Like, it's it's unbelievably unacceptable. And the only thing the Gutekunst can do to redeem himself is to go all in on offense. Because at that point, it's like, good, you don't care about defense, obviously, but we're obviously turning our attention to offense, so screw it, whatever. But Matt LaFleur, I'm I'm, I'm not going to be happy, period. And I, I hope it does. So, yeah, uh, just a completely unacceptable performance. Um, notice I'm not upset, though, because I expected it. Um, yeah, every time they were in second and long or third and long, I expected a first down to be given up, and oh, yeah. they didn't punt the ball uh, except for one time, I think. I think it was one time. 
Anyway, uh, I expect I'm going to be fired. I hope you're having a good day. I'll see you later. Talk to you later. Yeah, dude. I. That's about it. I don't know what else to say. That about covers it. I'm hey, Ryan. good, too, by the way. Hey. Tucker Bob here. Oh, boy. Two weeks ago, we what were all excited because we thought we could win out and go to the playoffs. Well, we forgot one major item. you got to have a defense to go anywhere. Huh. And I can't tell you how disappointed I am just to watch uh, quarterback being DeVito have his best career game, and then some other guy named Mayfield mm. had his best career game. And, you know, if you don't have a defense, you're not going anywhere. So we lose again. Basically, the season is now over. We may have a mathematical chance, but we're not going any place with this defense. So... I guess the thing we'll talk about from here on out is what we need to do to get a better defense. And uh, I'm surprised that the Packer fans didn't break out in a cheer that said, fire Joe Barry, fire Joe Barry, fire Joe Barry. And I am shocked that that we didn't hear that today. Anyways, disappointed. We thought we had a season. Chuck a bob out. Um, yeah, I mean, it didn't happen in the stands, but um, it certainly carried outside of the stands because that's going to be it's definitely a thing, man. And um, I, I, well, nah, I, sh- I shouldn't even go down that road in terms of whether or not that's maybe something that should happen. I, I you know, I what like. Is love? Hey, I like the uh, team being. <laughs> Kind of a classy, hey now, kind of a classy organization with classy fans that doesn't do that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I just wonder if a little bit of pressure would do something. You know what I mean? It's a good jam right there. Um, just saying. It's, well, whatever. Again, I, I, I just think, I think the course of action is Joe Barry will not be fired. Um, you know, until the season's done. And I, I do think, he, you know, again, he's not going to be fired. His contract is up after this year. They will choose not to renew it, and they will go in a different direction. That's what I think is going to happen. I don't think we need to burn down the stadium because he's not fired midseason. Um, I think we should expect there will be a change. And if there isn't, that's when we can have a conversation about, uh, you know, chanting and whatnot. Anyways, we're running a little bit long. We'll do some calls tomorrow as well because we got. I want to make sure we get caught up better than we did, uh, you know, last time. So, I think it's about time for us to get up out of here. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye. <laughs>